Hello! It's your host, The Holy Grail. We're here with a new episode. Episode 9, welcome back. And this one's pretty crazy. I'm going to be honest with you guys. We brought in a living legend in Coogs, and he came on the show, and he talked a bunch of stuff regarding MLB The Show, his journey to full-time content creation, YouTube, what MLB The Show 21 is going to be like, and a whole lot other stuff. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. If you guys haven't, make sure you guys check out some of our previous episodes. They've all been amazing. This one is no exception. And here we go. Enjoy the show. Episode nine of the stream deck. We got a good one for you guys today. Already nine. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, nine o'clock on a Friday. Hope you guys are all doing well. And we got a special guest today. We're we're kind of slimming it down. It's just gonna be us three and none other than Coogs, man. We're happy to have you, bro. And hey, thanks for having me. yeah, of course, dude. If you guys don't know who Coogs is, you probably aren't part of the MLB the show community. And if you are and you don't, this guy has been there since basically the very, very beginning. And, you know, just kind of like a community leader, we all kind of, you know, look up, look up to him. And, you know, uh, we're just very happy to have him today. And, you know, I'm looking forward to this conversation. But before we get into anything, if you guys don't know, Coos is also part of the um, the Sony partner program. I don't know if it's called that anymore. But I know at some point it was, and uh, you, I think you've been there since the very beginning, kind of involved with uh, SDS and kind of being part of the game and, and maybe providing feedback and doing stuff for them. So uh, kind of talk talk through with me, like when you first figured out you were going to kind of be partnering with them and, and you know, helping out and, and kind of being part of the game. And I, I just think it's so cool from like the releases, um, to like you know the partner programs in 19 and stuff like that so so kind of like talk me through the beginning and and how it's kind of evolved through all that <clears throat> well i mean as far as the partner program they started that i want to say maybe was it 19 where they actually had like an official name for it um mm -hmm. but you know like i kind of started like you know, having connections with SDS and interactions with those guys towards it was like the beginning of 17. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how, but I had like 3,500 subscribers on YouTube at the time. And uh, I got a I got a review copy of the game. I got a free copy of the game early. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a big deal for me right there. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm getting to work with the dev team. They like my stuff, even at a low subscriber count and everything. Um, and then later that year, we had the the show showdown event with myself, Quash, Healy, and Clutch. That was when Healy won the little walk. Oh, with the yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, that's but, just fantastic right there. The butt heard around the world. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so that was cool. That was like midway. That was actually on the all-star break of 2017. We didn't even get to watch the all-star game because we were, we were literally sitting in a room with Ramon, uh, Nick, can't remember who else was there but we were just sitting there for like four hours just talking about the game talking about um how things work and you know like 
those two instances were the first time where I was like, oh, so like we like we can actually like talk to these guys, mm -hmm. and have conversations. Um, and then, you know, kept, you know, staying in touch with them and they would tell us things about the game through like DMs, like giving us, um, you know, like like random information and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the actual partner program itself, um, that started just at the beginning of 19 because we had the mm -hmm. we had the trip to um san diego in january of 2019 and the game obviously came out in march so mm -hmm. and then that that trip they kind of told us what they wanted to do with the partner program uh what you know like what, what do you need from us what can we do for you like you know we we had that dialogue there and stuff so um yeah that's kind of where it started and it's it's been really cool just mm -hmm. because like you know having a direct line of communication to the devs goes such a long way. And sometimes you kind of forget, like, you know, it, everybody can be playing the game and raging mm -hmm. uh, and say like, Oh, this game sucks. I hate this game. This, this stupid talking so much trash about the game. But then sometimes you forget that there's actual people behind the game that are, you know, making it and putting in long hours every single day, trying to make the game good. Mm -hmm. And so just the fact that we have that partner program to where we can have that person to person interaction. It kind of just re like reminds us that like, you know, this is, they, they love this game too. This mm -hmm. isn't like, you know, they don't want this game to be bad. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I don't really know if I, I don't really remember what the question was for this whole thing, but just the partner program itself has been great. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to describe it as a, as somebody who's in it and then, you know, kind of you know given the 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 point of view to an outsider but it's just a really really cool experience when things are all clicking and there's good communication it's great so yeah and I yeah i mean i hope i hope they keep doing it yeah and i think i mean people give scs a hard time all the time the game a hard time and it's easy to forget that there's actual people involved in making it and I think I think a really great part about the game though is that they do actually listen to feedback. It might take a little bit. It might take like a year for them to really implement what we're we're saying like especially with something like Immortals, you know, in 18. But I really do feel like they listen. Um I want to go back though. Like you were you were saying that was at the all so were you guys at the All-Star game? Like were you guys at the stadium when that thing was going down or like where were you guys when when you guys were playing those games? Like at the beginning, uh, the the show showdown was actually at their studio in San Diego. So they they flew us. Well, I did I fly? I can't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but we we went down to their studio. They showed us a tour of the place, and all of that stuff happened inside the motion capture studio where they record all the animations for the game. That's so. Sick. Yeah, so we were playing there. We had a little like green screen set set up and. Uh, Mills was there. Yeah, Mills was there doing like like commentary for it. It was a great little uh, great little thing. And and yeah, like I said, we missed the whole All Star game, but it was mm -hmm. kind of cool because we just like you know we got to pick the the brains of the developers and just talk for a while. Yeah, definitely. And kind of going off that, I, you guys have all like met up several times. You guys, you have like any like funny stories, like a good story, something that comes to mind with all you guys, like. Uh, you know, hanging out. Like, I know um, I saw pictures, like, back two years ago, I think, when you guys were all, like, at a hotel together, and it just looked like a lot of fun. Do you have any, like, stories about, you know, uh, those experiences with everyone? 
I mean, there's been nothing like super crazy that's happened or anything mm-hmm. like that, but uh, there there's some fun memories. Like we, you know, a lot of a lot of people who are in the program aren't necessarily from California or mm-hmm. the West Coast, so everybody wants to go to In and Out. Like anytime you're in California, everybody wants to go, <laughs> and, and you want to go anyways. Oh yeah, I'm 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 freaking leading the charge. I'm I'm getting everybody lined up. Uh, but no, we uh, I think it was it was Shelfie who ordered an Uber. And there was like six or seven of us and the Uber showed up and the Uber was a Tesla. And it was like a, the one with the, with the, the doors that go up or the mm-hmm. suicide doors, whatever they are. And we, I don't think any of us had ridden in a Tesla up to that point. Yeah. And it was the most fun experience. Cause the guy who was driving was like, you know, he's a super chill dude. He was really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, he was showing us the things in his Tesla and it's just like, you know, it's, six or seven gamers just in a car right. together just making jokes <laughs> just all nerding so, I mean, out yeah we're, we're all geeking out it's like mm-hmm. dude it has an ipad right there oh my these doors are sick somebody i'm pretty sure had to sit on the floor and you know we all we all went to in and out it was a really really fun experience but even at that same trip um the hotel we stayed at they had a little patio area with a fire pit and it was all of us it was like mm-hmm. maybe what 10 12 of us over there and we were just kicking it by the fire pit just talking about uh the game talking about content creation talking about you know experiences and stuff and it was just like a really fun time so yeah i mean just and the other thing about it too is that yeah we're all you know in the same space and we all make videos stream Mm -hmm. whatever it is but like there was never a point with any of those guys where it felt like it wasn't a just a natural thing. Like I, mm-hmm. I felt like I could just talk to all those guys at any point about any subject and we just could have like a pretty natural conversation. There wasn't any of that like gamer yeah. or, or internet thing going on. So it's just like a really cool dynamic. No, definitely. Like I've met up, I don't know about you guys scanning ants, but like I met up with like, for example, like Clutch, me and him live super close together. And like the first time we met up, it was like I had known him this whole time. You know, it's kind of like you just pick up right after you left off, you know, and it's kind of like you've known him this whole time. It's kind of like a, a cool, uh, just like a really cool aspect to Twitch, in my opinion, and content creating and all that. Mm-hmm. We need TwitchCon again. For real, so dude. Absolutely. I've never been to everyone. one before. I want to yeah. so badly. Same. I've been outside of one. I've never been in one. I, uh. <laughs> I went there in, I want to say 2017, it might have been 2018, I don't remember, but uh, I drove down to San Diego, or I'm sorry, to Long Beach, because that's where it was. I drove Mm -hmm. down to Long Beach, and uh, I met up with Mark, Healy, JV, Clutch, just like a bunch of dudes. I didn't Mm -hmm. even go inside the the venue, we just kind of hung out and went and got drinks, so like, Everything I've heard about TwitchCon, people say like the actual event itself was whatever, but like just being able to hang out with all the boys and and uh, all your friends is actually the best part. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I've heard the same things. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a, I got a few questions, but if you guys got anything, scan and ants, feel feel free to to go along. But um, it kind of uh talk me through last year the uh the content creator league kooks uh i thought that was a really cool aspect of the game and you guys all had drops i felt like it brought a bunch of people uh to the game and you know even it it was broadcasted you know and like even 
even uh, SDS was rating, you know, some of you guys after they were kind of like introducing it. I thought it was like a really cool aspect, and I really hope they bring it back. But what were you guys? What were your thoughts of uh, the the content creation league and and kind of playing with everyone? I thought it was dope. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. I I there may maybe some bias there because I won some money from it, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, it was. I thought it was really cool because you know there were. It was it was a cool idea because at the time, you know, we were just trying to get content out and the fact that they were willing to do that with content creators and, you know, show show love with the raids and stuff like yeah. that it was just really cool because they, they normally don't do that. Yeah, like, exactly. I've why, never seen that before. I don't know why they don't raid people after they're done streaming. It makes no mm -hmm. sense to me, but um no, I thought it was cool. I think it was a cool opportunity for a lot of content creators to kind of get their name out there as well as just kind of showcase them a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know, there were a lot of cool elements and I think it I think it was pretty well received other than some people were hoping that you know, some other content creators were involved in it, yeah. which I wish they were too, but I mean, mm -hmm. for the most part, I think everybody kind of enjoyed it at least somewhat and it was it, it, I, like, you know, and how it ended with movie. Oh my and god, Serenity. those games were like incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you couldn't have two better dudes yeah. going at it for that belt. Yeah, and when you really think mm -hmm. about it, those two were like as OG as OG too. And to see them at the end of it, I thought it was really cool, especially for Serenity and movie. Like those guys have been grinding for so long, dude. So it was it was cool. And that belt was super sick too. Yeah. Yeah, they were uh they really hooked it up. That was that was a pretty cool thing. And I, like yeah, even though Serenity sick. lost, I just got to say I'm so proud of that kid. Mm -hmm. that, that, <laughs> that kid has been around <laughs> forever. I, we we've like watched this kid grow up right? in yeah. the community and to see him battling out for for I remember what it was like $4,000 was the mm -hmm. top prize or something like that. I was like I love movie. Movie's my boy and he knows that. But part of me was like, dude, this this kid I I, I fucking love this kid, man. This kid's got to get it. Yeah, we love Serenity too. He's been on a few of these episodes, and yeah. I'm always uh, surprised at like how mature he is for his age. Absolutely, and yeah, I don't absolutely. know if it's yeah. it has to do with like the content creation thing of everything since he started so young. But like, you know, if you were to talk to him, you wouldn't think he was as young as he is at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, I remember when I was just getting started with stuff back when I was his age, and like, I was like maybe I was literally ten times more childish than him. Like. Half the stuff that I hear from him in terms of like making content, like um, being a good content creator, it's like 10 times more mature than like so many people that age. And mm -hmm. it's super cool to see him be a part of that and actually like be a, get himself more exposure this year because of that whole thing, because he deserves it more than anyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But on, I, I I, we don't have to get into it too much, but I do think it it was quite quite the topic when, you know, the people were selected of, like, who was to be in the Content Creator League and not. And honestly, when I think about it, it's like, you, you can't include everyone, right? And, you know, it's like, I, you know, I'll, I'll just say it myself. Like, I feel like they want to be as brand friendly as possible when it comes to these things. Because you're going to have a lot of eyes on everyone and, you know, and... You know, like someone like myself, I would never consider being part of that just, you know, because I'm a degenerate. But 
Um, you know, I, I think I think you just I mean, you have to be happy for the ones that did get the shot because you never know. It could be you next year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, I, I feel you 100 percent on that. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm sure everybody wants to see all their favorite creators be involved in something like this. And if one of your favorite creators you feel like was snubbed, you'll, mm-hmm. you have every right to be vocal about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think that should take away from adding people in that you know also deserve a chance too so i mean i thought i thought they did a good enough job with what they had and and maybe this next year maybe they expand it if Mm -hmm. they even do it again um you know it it was great but there still is room for improvement and you know some rules were kind of being made up as it went along and stuff like that so um yeah no i i hope they they make it bigger and better in 21 Mm -hmm. Well, it also brings to the point, um, just like tournaments in general and kind of sponsored by SDS tournaments, because you've been part of not only this Content Creator League, but uh, I'm pretty sure you made it pretty far in one of the uh, ESL leagues, too, one of those mm-hmm. uh, tournaments. And so what do you think the future is going to be for these sort of tournaments? Do you think they're going to stick with ESL, or do you think they're going to kind of do more of like a homegrown type of tournament from here on out uh, like they did with the Content Creator League? Oh man, I, I I don't care what they do. Just please get ESL out of here, man. Like I I hate it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's. It, I thought definitely my, agree. In, in my opinion, I thought it was way too much of a commitment for. I mean, it was a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, but you know, only four people got that money, and if if you were like the thousands of people or whatever that that you know tried to compete. You know, you're wasting a lot of your weekends playing those games. Like, you had to play a lot of games to qualify, I'm pretty sure, unless you made it on one of those, um, you know, qualifiers on the weekends. But I think, I don't yeah. know. The the structure of it, at least in 20, I, I, I thought was terrible all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I mean, there were some good things, like if, if you qualify in the top eight of this qualifier event you're good to go for the final tournament you don't have to play in any any of the other qualifiers um but i don't i just i i tweeted about it before it's like dude this esl stuff not only does nobody at esl have any clue what's going on there's not a single person over there who's Mm -hmm. probably played an inning of MLB the show. <laughs> like how, how do you expect those mm-hmm. referees and guys to enforce these rules, which are also stupid? Mm-hmm. How do you expect these guys to enforce these rules and deal with issues when they have no idea what they're talking about or no mm-hmm. idea what they're even reading? They're just going off what their rules say. And then they, you know, respond to the people based off what those rules, not understanding situations it's like that's that's mm-hmm. already a recipe for disaster just off one thing and then you mix in the rule set of having wind on um non-perfect umpires oh yeah. god dude like, first yeah. one was on legend first one was on legend it was all br draft <laughs> so the teams were all completely random it's yeah like, dude there is like maybe five percent of competitive integrity left in the tournament just based off mm-hmm. the the structure alone and then and you have the end, technical issues too. I, first, yeah. I remember my first game in ESL; it never counted. They never counted. I was disqualified oh. from the tournament. I never. I just. I said, you know what? I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> I totally right. forgot for me. about that. Yeah, I remember um someone as well, TJ um Truman Nation. He had a a team where I think he had like Shohei Otani on his team, 
and he moved Otani out of the nine spot to somewhere else. And the person pointed out, hey, he has more than this amount of diamonds on his team or something. They were like, okay, you're banned from the tournament. And he was uh, like, uh, what? <laughs> that's, and it, I see like, all this stuff saying. and I just completely avoid it. It's mm-hmm. really, it seems like they're, like, the issue with the ESL is like they're out of touch with a lot of things in the community and the game altogether. And just in general, the structure of the tournament has this weird in between, like, does it want to be a casual thing for everyone or a competitive thing where the best players shine? And they, it's back and forth with the rules, and they, it seems like they just don't know what they wanted to do with it out of last year with the, the rule set. And it was very confusing, and especially someone who was, who was very passionate about ESL last year, I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to bother with it this year. It seemed like such a mess to me. Yeah, it was... I thought it was great in 19. Obviously, there was... Mm-hmm. You know, you had to kind of know a little bit more. Like, it's like the reason the BR drafts were a thing was just to kind of get rid of that barrier of entry and kind of make it easy for people to, you know, get a team and get yeah. in. But the way they had it in 19, I thought was great. They gave mm-hmm. you the, the stri- restrictions. You got to make sure your team fits those restrictions. Mm-hmm. And if the person doesn't have the team that fits, they forfeit that game or they redo their lineup, whatever. It, it works. Um, and then they just didn't do that in 20. They They wanted to go the BR route, which... Honestly, like I've said it in my streams before, if they fix the non-perfect umpires, if they f- take off wind, if everything else works, I'm fine with having BR drafts. Just mm-hmm. let me actually play like like when I'm in the game, let me actually have a decent competitive rule set and then, you know, mm-hmm. go from there. But I also don't know why they don't just do it like how they do events. Just yeah, like give right. us an overall and mm-hmm. then let us pick our players and as long as we fall under that overall, why not? Mm-hmm. Like that's mm-hmm. I, I feel like that'd be a way better idea because you get to use your own inventory and you're already familiar with that system from drafting an event team and you kind of pick and choose if you want to go a little bit more heavy on the pitching and trust your mm-hmm. weaker offense or you know like it I think it opens more variety in team building than just having a random BR draft too. So yeah, I, yeah there's there's a lot of things I think they need to fix. I mean they could even yeah. make it to where and you know I'm sure there's technical aspects to this but like make it to where like everybody has the exact same draft. So then you mm-hmm. get that choice, you know, there's just, you know, each diamond round has the same four cards and then you get to choose. So there's still those differences in teams without, you know, relying on getting a good draft to be able to, you know, do well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause when you think people... about those 12 and 0 runs, like you pretty much got to have like a yeah. really good put together team. And if you like, especially on that final day, if you have a bad draft, like you're pretty much screwed yeah. off the, off the rip, dude. That's yeah, another thing is why do you have different that. teams in the same qualifier? Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Why do you have a team Saturday and then a different team Sunday? That makes no sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was probably yeah. the roughest part of it for me to just watch from the outside. I felt so bad for some of those guys that just got shit diamond rounds. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. Terrible. I can't and, imagine just working through that whole thing and qualifying for the finals and then finals week comes you get a draft and you just instantly know this team is terrible and you're mm-hmm. like well there goes weeks of time throughout the window that's fun yeah yeah and uh the other thing that was just sad about it too is that like a lot of content creators in 19 were playing it and having fun with it the viewership mm-hmm. was great because oh, was we're talking fantastic. about we're, we're, yeah we're talking about these type of numbers in november yeah and then like mm-hmm. early march late yeah. february like that's that's huge for the game. Mm-hmm. And then to see how they did it in 20 and basically none of the content creators wanted anything to do with it. It's like 
they had less tournaments this year than they did last year yeah with more of a prize pool more support you know ever since the last tournament that ps4 tournaments tab is have you clicked on it have you looked at it like mm, it's no it's just sitting there <laughs> yeah stupid that that kind of brings up this next point i want to ask or question is do you think sts or MLB the show wants to move to become like an esports brand. Do you think that's something in their horizon, or do you think they just kind of want to cater to the casuals and and kind of try and improve the gameplay as much for the the competitive players? I'm honestly not sure based on this year. I know they tried it, but it seems like they kind of gave up halfway through it. And I don't know if that was because they were trying to develop this game and putting a lot of effort into 21 or what, but I, I just don't know. Cause there's so many games out there like Madden and 2k, which arguably have more issues than MLB the show. And they still have these huge esports scenes. So I'm just kind of curious. What do you, what do you think the direction is for that? Uh, well, I think you kind of hit the point perfectly that Madden and 2k you know, like a lot of people will always say, like MLB can't be an esport because it's too random. There's too many problems. It's like you see no. in Madden they had like kickers as their quarterback because that was the meta. Like that's mm -hmm. that's not a problem. Like it's you know I think that's a pretty weak argument. Um, the uh, I I do think they want to have their online competitive head-to-head -head environment be a, a competitive at its core. Um, and that's why I think they did this new thing with like the arcade competitive or casual competitive simulation thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think they want to keep going with the, the head to head stuff, but, um, as far as the future of it, I, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know what their full plan is or what they'd want to do. Mm -hmm. Um, it's kind of hard to say right now because, you know, Ever since the last ESL tournament, which I don't know, what was that, August? I don't even, July? it seems like it was so yeah. long ago, I can't even remember. Yeah, like there's, mm -hmm. it's been radio silent on that front. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't really have an answer to that one. Yeah, I think when you touched upon the new gameplay styles, I mean, if there's anything to be hopeful about them making this competitive game style, and it seems like they're really emphasizing how it's re about rewarding user input. I felt like in my my couple years here, it's my first time I've heard them really say like this is mostly about user input mm -hmm. and how you are gonna be rewarded for successful input. And I feel like at least them just making that clear and making the online head to head default that competitive style. I mean, I guess we have to see how it plays, but just seeing like it seems like they're making a commitment towards making it a Diamond Dynasty, an online, more competitive thing without the simulation aspects in it online. And I think that's at least a step in the right direction for competitive, because that's what a lot of the issues with MLB The Show competitive scene was, was the randomness and the, the simulation aspects that you get out of real baseball thrown into the game. So I think it's at least a positive direction. Well, I, th that we I have think right at now. least when they touched on yesterday that check swings will be universal. I thought that was yeah. huge, honestly, in my yeah. opinion. I think that's going to be huge for the game. Yeah. Um, and, they, and they also mentioned, you know, they wanted to widen those good inputs are more good and the bad inputs are, are worse. I, they, they mentioned that as well, which I think is a good, mm -hmm. a good, a good thing to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the only thing is that, you know, 
<laughs> being in the community for four or five, however many years it's been now, it's like I've heard a lot of promises mm-hmm. from SDS on some certain mm-hmm. things and certain things they have really delivered on. But there's also been some things they've talked about and said they've made improvements to that just straight up didn't work or or didn't feel mm-hmm. like they were changed or mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, um, you know, not to be like the negative guy, but I, I, I do take a lot of the things they say when it comes to gameplay with a grain of salt because um, they're, they're heavily reliant on their data to, mm-hmm. uh, to make their decisions, at, probably as they should be. But as somebody who plays the game every single day, you know, I'm sure we can all agree that we can kind of tell when something feels off or mm-hmm. when something yeah. feels wrong. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's for me all of the the gameplay stuff is just like I gotta get my hands on it. I gotta right. I gotta implement. I gotta play it to make a judgment. Um, and you know, I have faith in SDS. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we just gotta wait and see. They keep. I mean, they oh, they they try. Uh, you know, they yeah. they try and and deliver. But it's kind of a good point because last year they were talking about how great fielding was gonna be, and what was the number one <laughs> issue last year? At the, especially at especially the beginning. The yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I definitely get that hundred percent. But I, can we can we talk about the tech test at all and like how it played or any of that? Uh, I don't. I think you can now that they've talked about like pinpoint pitching. I think you can probably like touch on how you felt it played and, and stuff like that. I mean, obviously you can't show anything. Yeah, but, yeah, no, but right. I, I was gonna say I I feel like the the check swings, for example, it definitely felt different, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I felt like I was getting rewarded less, and I need to stop getting in that habit of check swinging on everything. I am I'm I check swing like every pitch. I check swing too often. I don't know. I don't see this happen as much to other people, but I'm sure it does. But mm-hmm. I like this year a ton. I've had like check swings where like I put the ball in play too. It'll oh, be like yeah. middle fastball oh, down the middle. My timing will be perfect. The be center PCI and I'll check swing, pop it up instead of just like taking a full swing. Even if I'm like mashing the button down too. Mm-hmm. And there's there's very few things more frustrating than that. Oh, I agreed. But yeah, you brought up uh, pinpoint. Uh, sorry, Scan, you got something else for you move on? Um, I wasn't saying anything. Oh, oh, that might have been me. That might have been. Oh, me. Yeah. I, was, I, was just, I was just saying. Uh, um, what was I saying? I don't even remember. Something. Oh, it was. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When when Ants was talking about, he's like, yeah, I check swing every pitch. <laughs> I was streaming today and. Um, I was in like a, a tense BR game. It was mm-hmm. towards the end of the game, and I think it was either tied or I was down one or something like that. And it was a lefty lefty matchup. I swear that that bat went like eight pitches, and every single pitch was either a foul ball or a check swing. And I just oh, told God. my chat, I was like, "Boys, I'm gonna be so bad at this next game. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm gonna have a friggin' adjustment period because if check swings are actually gonna be less." forgiving then oh, mm-hmm. it might be over for me i think there's gonna be a ton of strikeouts early yeah. on as people are just check swinging all over the place mm-hmm. and honestly Nothing's i feel like that's than... gonna fix a lot of issues in my opinion i don't know how you guys feel but like i i don't know yeah, yeah. i think that i mean 
Because, I mean, we've all had those ABs where, like, you throw an incredible pitch with two strikes. Yeah. And, and they're just they like lunging. They're lunging like crazy, yeah. swinging the they hella the early. Swing, and, and then what happens the next pitch? Boom. Yeah. Free run, home run. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. When they should have been out the pitch before. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Same with foul I balls. S- they didn't really mention that here yeah. in the uh, thing. And I kind of wish they would have because I feel like, you know, we foul balls are way too frequent as well. Well, they mentioned they didn't, they didn't ex- really extreme timing windows were kind of changed a little bit so what right, i think hopefully that means, means what you're talking more, about yeah. yeah hopefully hopefully is the next week is there feature premiere is that on hitting and fielding or i think, do we know I, I think fielding i believe it's fielding for sure i don't know about pretty hitting. sure it's fielding yeah because I'm, I'm curious to see yeah. what because in the the thing yesterday just fielding. they showed okay it's just fielding okay yeah they showed uh what was it the the averages on like perfect perfect and good, yeah good. right and i was just telling my stream i was like okay now show me early show me just early. i was literally yeah, saying me, this yeah, yesterday the they didn't they didn't early, show yeah, early or late like they all yeah. they did was good weak good okay like we don't even get that we don't, we don't even get that input like anything everything's just labeled good we don't get good yeah, okay good week between- you know the early side of good and the late side of good because oh. <laughs> it's drastic. Oh, yeah. dude, drastic. I bet, dude, if they showed that, I'm, people would go crazy. I already know. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, the whole you just, thing of- I mean, you just don't, you don't have any power on the wall if you're late. You don't, and it's like you can be closer to good than you are to late, and you'd have a better swing if you were further late, right? Than if you were closer to good. It's the weirdest thing. hundred percent. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, like, make sense from, like, a baseball aspect, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, there's, it. there's players who have made their career on being able to, like, push the ball. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, like, the thing that's so weird about it is that if you, like, use perfect perfect as your center of timing, if you're just on this side, on the late side of perfect perfect, it is... Way more punishing than just being on this side of mm-hmm. perfect, perfect. You think about a baseball swing and the amount of time that is in a swing, it's so minute. It's like you're going to hit the ball 20 miles per hour slower right. just because you were like a millisecond late. Like, it doesn't really make sense at all. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think, like, as you obviously, if you're later on the swing, that should be slower than being early, but just late, just on that good side of. And that late side of good, it makes no sense. I've talked about it basically all year at this point. It just, yeah, I don't entirely get the other, it. And the other thing is it makes cards, some cards irrelevant because of, you know, mm-hmm. because they have those swings that naturally just play a little bit later. Freak Pudge. I mean, my freaking, one of my favorite players of all time. And mm-hmm. I had like 250 with him because he's just, he's just awful. He's just terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, you're trying to hit like 102 with outlier. And you already mm-hmm. have to gear up for that, but then you got to remember, oh, it's Pudge, so I got to swing even earlier if I yep. want to actually hit the ball. So it's just like, yeah, it's it's not very fun to deal with. Yeah, sadly, it seems like they didn't touch hitting, and I, like the uh, the mechanic part of hitting seems like they changed something like the the timing windows and the check swings. But from what I heard. I feel like hitting is going to be exactly the same as it was this year. And they, I mean, they can't, I mean, they even mentioned that they were happy with how hitting. Yeah. That, I feel like they kind of dropped the ball on that. I don't know what your guys' yeah. thoughts on that, but like when I'll I heard that, I was disappointed. Comp, 
Yeah, I'll be interested to see how like the comp playstyle affects hitting compared to simulation and how those numbers mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. But, you know, because maybe that alone could give us you know some differences that we're wanting to see. But yeah, I'll be I'll be interested. I'm I'm just curious if you know if they have their data and it says that the hitting seems to be working the way they want it. Um, and they're not really going to make any major changes based off that data. I wonder now that we're getting this perfect, perfect pitching, if that's going to make a big impact on that or not. I, I like, it's just, it seems like, you know, pitching was obviously so random this year that averages might've just slightly been the higher just because of that. I don't know. Like it is, it's really difficult to pitch in this year's game. So yeah, yeah, if they have that perfect, perfect element or the perfect, perfect pitching, then, you know, maybe that'll help make some of those things make a little bit more sense or, you know, make those numbers kind of even out or whatever it is. So um, like they can, like they can improve hitting in an indirect way. Like they can improve hitting yeah. by not touching the hitting, but by making pitching better or and stuff like that. So um, I just want to know how it's, I just want to get my hands on this game. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to try yeah. this. Yeah. Like yeah. what's your uh, perspective on uh, kind of like this, this month, like how does this month feel to you already? Like, cause we, we would basically, and every year previously, we would have our hands on the game right now. Like, are you kind of just well, like think, going crazy right now? Came out, I think 20 came out one year ago today. Yeah. Yeah. Very right close to it. Yeah, in, in about two hours and 20 minutes, yeah, it'll be right, the, the right. one-year anniversary of 20. Crazy. Um, But no, this, this month sucks. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> month sucks. Especially seeing so baseball hard. being played and, and, like, yeah. and like the season's going to start and we're not going to have a game. That's going to get to yeah. me a little bit. And Those two kind of- weeks from, when the, from opening day to release is going to be off. It's going to be it's hell. Be, yeah. Off. Absolutely. It's kind of funny when you think about it, though. It's kind of the opposite this year. It's like last year we had MLB the show, but we didn't have real baseball. So now this year mm-hmm. we've got right? real baseball, but we don't have MLB the show yet. It's kind That's, of weird how it's flipped mm-hmm. like that. But that is funny. Yeah. Oh, man, this month, this month is going to suck. And we're not even halfway through it. We're not even a month <laughs> away from the game yet. We still got a couple days. Yeah. So, I mean, dude, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm streaming the game. I'm trying to have fun with it, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, make content as intriguing as i can for the time being i mean if we're being honest not a lot of people are really interested in watching mlb no. in march on the old nope. absolutely like, yeah. it's just you know you just got to kind of power through it it's this month it will probably be the worst month of the year so yeah well i mean at least we have a little bit of news to talk about like if we didn't have anything yeah. to talk about it would be that much like it was really tough i i, I would almost argue that it was more tough when we didn't even know when MLB the show was going to come out. And we were just like in that, that waiting period of when's the release date? Like, what is this even going to happen? Like how much yeah, will be delayed? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First, everyone waited for the new year. Then the new year came and we were like, okay, where's the news? And all January came and went. And when they had mentioned it was going to be in February, it's like, okay, now let's mm-hmm. find out. And then, they just started to flood it on us since then. But back then it was tough. Cause like everyone was like worried. We were like, why are we going to even have a game on time? Yeah. Oh, it's going to come what out. What is going to happen? And, yeah. <laughs> so at least we're past that. But yeah, it's just like at this point in the year, it just, 
everything feels so dry on the game. It's like I have like even like me doing well in BR or something doesn't really get me that excited like it would have say a few months ago. Mm-hmm. At this point, it just like rinse and repeat for me at this point. Agreed. And like you said, it's like even if you have a good BR run, it's like not that yeah. exciting because it's March. Right. But, mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do with those stubs? Yeah, right? <laughs> but I, I can't lie. I, I still get just as pissed off when I lose. Right. <laughs> oh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> still, I mean, that's fair. Um, But you brought up the point that, like, this time last year, like, nothing was going on. Baseball was canceled, but we did have the game. And from that game, we had a bunch of – um, we had the Players League, which – like, the MLB Players League, which was really freaking cool, in my opinion – did anyone reach out to you, Cougs, that were, that was playing in that tournament? Like, I like I'd imagine if you're playing MLB the Show for the first time or whatever, and you look up YouTube MLB the Show, your name's probably gonna be there. So, I'm just curious, do you have any like interactions with any of these guys or anything like that? Uh, yeah, uh, the Angels guy Ty Buttery, he's on their he's in their bullpen. He hit mm-hmm. me up and he was asking me for uh for tips and and I think he hit up Gunsky too. I think Gunsky actually did a video with him if i'm not mistaken Mm -hmm. but um no yeah ty was cool he hit me up we talked a little bit um we never actually got to connect in an actual game to for me to like you know show him some stuff but yeah uh, we talked a little bit in dms and uh we we texted a little bit i was kind of telling him like things to look for in the game and stuff but Mm -hmm. um no he was he was really really cool um i think uh no, no no uh brett phillips also came into my stream. What a legend! Some tips, super yeah, cool guy. He's a legend. I was so happy for him when he got that hit. Oh my series. god, dude! Can oh, we talk same, about dude. that for a second? Because like, I I can't remember when I was doomed. I think I was coaching or something. I couldn't watch like the end of it. I for some reason I couldn't watch like the end of it. Like I was watching all the way up to it, and then it was extras or something. And I was busy. And then I turn look at my phone and it's Brett Phillips with the walk off and I was just so happy for him man and yeah. to see him like f- like you know f- do the little like you know airplane thing out in, in the yeah, outfield the is so sick. Outfield. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was so stoked for him. It was it was awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it was basically Ty and Brett very mm-hmm. briefly. It was it was still cool though. I mean, it's not every day you get an actual major league baseball player talking to you for tips when, when right. normally everybody's asking them for tips to try to get their game better mm-hmm. so it's kind of a weird little little dynamic oh it's cool too because i feel like i mean i've seen a lot of interaction with with players and content creators because you know a lot of, it seems like a decent amount of people actually do play mlb the show probably not when they're you know during the season because they got a lot going on but you know, it it was cool to see, you know, a bunch of people kind of get involved, a bunch of players get involved in the game, and I doubt they'll do it this year. I mean, maybe for some minor leaguers since the, the season won't be started, you know, for another month for them, but I don't know. I think that might have been a one-in-a-lifetime chance mm-hmm. for that opportunity. Yeah, I, I doubt they do it this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool, though. I think the Players League, I mean, it felt like it kind of opened up a lot of MLB people to get into like doing anything with MLB the show because mm-hmm. after the players league we had a bunch of other MLB this like MLB players turn like get into Twitch streaming they would uh occasionally stream MLB the show which was super cool too 
Dude, I thought Canley, that was bro. Cool Canley is just a wild man, dude. He's still streaming yeah. to this day. That dude is hilarious, yeah. man. Tommy Canley. I know a Giolito was at it for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you obviously have your guys like Trevor May who were at it for a while, but he even did MLB The Show stuff this year, mm -hmm. which was cool. Um, Gleyber Torres got into streaming. I remember um, there were definitely a few more that I, uh, Mitch yeah, Garbright uh, I'm streams. absolutely blanking on his name. The, uh, Blake Snell as well. Yeah, Mitch yeah, Garver. Garver. Yeah. yeah, Garver. Yeah. yeah, he streams a lot. He streams yeah, he a streams a lot. He streams a lot of, I remember him streaming a ton of Fortnite. Yeah. Harper yeah, streams Fortnite. Cool. I've seen Harper stream a lot of Fortnite too. Mm -hmm. Dude, Harper's chat. I remember in the beginning, Harper's chats were so toxic, dude. Oh my God, I felt mm -hmm. so bad. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Was, did he start streaming before or after he signed with Philly? After. Uh, sure. I think after. I think yeah. it was after. after? Mm -hmm. okay. He was just mainly so, playing Fortnite, too. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that's why like it was so Fortnite. toxic, but yeah. Right. It probably didn't help. <laughs> he just yeah. never even like looked at his chat. He was like, a lot of them did that. Um, yeah. I remember I saw Glaber Torres stream and I was like, oh, he's streaming. I went in and his, his webcam, he had a webcam box, but the <laughs> webcam didn't fit in it. He had it like four by three and the webcam box was 16 by nine. So first I was like, okay, I'm minorly infuriated and he's just playing, talking and, um, there is um like he's just talking to the people he's playing with in the chat's like go Glaber you can do it. he's playing like some Warzone and there's no interaction. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. There's when you like look 15 at people, it. but you know it's yeah. whatever, man. It's still cool to yeah, see it's... them, you know, uh, you know, out of their element, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but going really back to them. yeah, oh yeah, for sure, dude, and like. I remember like seeing Joey Gallo play uh, Warzone. That dude's absolutely cracked out of his mind at Warzone. And dude would just like he would look at chat and find like the one person making some dumb comment and just like roast them <laughs> every time. That's like all he did. It was the best. That's, it was the best. What a legend, dude. But yeah, um, going back to MLB the show, we brought it up. Um, but pinpoint pitching, we got a new pitching interface and. I'm just curious, do you guys think it's going to make uh, pitching, like, how I see it is, like, I think pitching will be, like, more enjoyable, less mindless, and a yeah. little bit more of, like, a challenge, more of, like, a skill gap, in my opinion, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm never going back to pure analog after seeing what I saw yesterday, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I think pinpoint's going to be the vibe, for sure. Um, do, so, did all of us play the tech test? Yes. yes yeah yeah okay um and obviously we all got a little bit of a chance to use pinpoint in that mm -hmm. um yeah you said it best i will never go back to pure <laughs> yeah after like, seeing yeah. No. the rng Dude, how, how is pure analog the least accurate that was of very yeah surprising. i was gonna say that i was yeah, shocked that by that me. how is meter more accurate than if you're analog when all you're doing is just timing it well, like, yeah. that's the only aspect of thing. Yeah. I didn't get it. So has the, um, my question is, has that always been like that? I or feel, is that yeah, that's what I'm worried from about. This year, it feels like it used I, an analog. I feel yeah, like it might have might have been. And we were just all kind of just like lied when I to. saw that big whatever the, the par thing around the pitch on analog. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, that makes a lot of sense now, considering how just wherever pitches go in, in 20. Yeah, no. And I was just like sitting there and I'm like. Am I, am I like 
trashed for recommending everybody use pure analog. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, guys, this is what you need to use well, if you want to get the best pitches possible. This is what you got to use. It gives you the most control. <laughs> Little did I know, I might as well just use classic. Like, right. I just press X. Pulse pitching. Basketball. It's probably going to give me the same yeah. result. Yeah, they trolled us, I feel like. They, it's like I looked at it as like, they're being serious? This is a troll? Because I literally thought it was assumed that pure analog yeah. is more accurate because you have the accuracy of the stick and you have the timing part of it. But with meter, you just time the, the meter as it goes back and you time it on that yellow bar and that's it. It seems like so much less of a, an accuracy aspect. I don't get why that's more accurate. This doesn't make any logical sense to me. I have no, no clue. Stupid. Yeah, I think I think pinpoint like RIP analog. It's it's yeah. it's dead in twenty one. No, like question, my, I think the thing for me is like if I'm gonna suck pitching, I want it to at least be because of me, which I feel like I get with pinpoint. If I'm gonna still yeah. suck, at least make it my fault. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. agreed. Did you guys in the tech test by the end of it? Do you guys think you had pinpoint kind of down? Yeah, I would say quick. I. Not that I had it down, but I, I felt like I, I, I held my own. Like, I was playing games with it. I wasn't right. locking a bunch of people. And I felt like, like I enjoyed it a lot more. Yeah, like, I'm saying, I it's it. like, what, like, I am the worst pitcher in MLB The Show. Like, I'm a great hitter, but I am by far, like, one of the worst pitchers. And it made me, like, want to commit to getting better at precision pitching because, or pinpoint mm-hmm. or whatever you call it, because... It felt like I was actually being rewarded, and like you would miss like slightly, like I would always just like miss slightly on pure analog, and then balls down the middle and ball goes five hundred feet. But it seemed like with precision pitching that like if you move like that last part where you like do the thing, you do the motion, and then you move it down or right or left wherever the pitch is gonna go. It felt like when I did that, it was like generally in that direction like it was never like right down the middle you know yeah so yeah no it's huge mm-hmm. i think that yeah, i think the hardest amazing. part at first was just like trying to understand it because they didn't really explain it at all mm-hmm. they just kind of like like it took me a whole day to realize oh there's like a timing mechanism on yeah. like bringing it around because i was just flying through mm-hmm. i was like i keep getting four percent accurate how does this make any sense so now that we have more information i think you know Going back into 21, people start using it again. I think uh, people will be able to pick it up quicker. Yeah, and ever since the tech test ended, all I've wanted to do is just kind of, like, get back to pinpoint. Because yeah. that, <laughs> yeah. if you're good with it, that uh, mechanic, like, you're going to have a lot of success in this year's game. Right. Mm-hmm. We've had years and years of the game being hitting focus. Like, you can be a good pitcher, sure, but the absolute best players are the best hitters. Mm-hmm. And... I mean, I, I still think that's going to be generally the case, but I think we see some people who maybe aren't as good of hitters now be creeping up on that competitiveness level because they're able to hold their own pitching and separate themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think like well, someone like me will definitely benefit because I am just god-awful at pure analog pitching, so mm-hmm. it only go up from here. It'll be cool because I feel like now we can actually like provide some solid advice for pitching. I felt like in general, like pitching in last year's game, it just felt like you were just pitching to minimize damage. You just mm-hmm. make sure you don't throw the same couple pitches so people read that. Now I feel like since we have a new pitching mechanic, now you could like show people different like pitch sequencing and mm-hmm. like since you could hopefully hit spots better. 
So right. uh, yeah, hopefully yeah, sequencing now, but it doesn't do any good when you're trying to put a sinker, you know, low or whatever to, to sequence mm-hmm. up with a change up and then it goes right down the middle of the plate, you know, or vice mm-hmm. versa. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't do any good. Were there some like, like, were there some pitches that you felt like you didn't want to go to in crucial situations because it was harder for you to do? Like, for example, With like pinpoint. Yeah. Like, like for example, um, I didn't use the splitter, but yeah, I was going to say like, mm-hmm. they looked at that. It yeah. Like pretty I, intense. I used the Roldis and he had the splitter yeah. and it almost made me not want to go to it. Cause it was so freaking complicated. Really? I actually was good with the splitter. You know what pisses me off about bad, all that is that one of the easiest ones is the knuckleball. It's all knuckleball. It's all it's just half circle. That's all it is. I didn't even see that. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I found I found like change up curveball to be the easiest. Even easier than I don't know, something about going straight down and then straight up with like a fastball was that I was always just like a little off. I was always at a bit of an mm-hmm. angle. Same. Um, but Coos, did you ever play uh, any of the skate games growing up? No, I actually never did. I, I played a lot of the Tony Hawk games, but gotcha. I never played skate. I was going to say, like, I played a bunch of skate growing up, and, like, that's, like, played the same skate. mechanic. As yeah, I remember the, Skate 3. It's, like, literally the same mechanic as this, as yep. this pinpoint. So I think I have a little bit of an advantage on that one. Because it felt, like, kind of similar, you know? It's Day's year. Right, It's dude? Day's year, dude. Yeah, dude. Year. Humble brag, but, skateboarding uh, games have you know. led up to this moment. I don't know. The skateboarding I, community right, is going to be in shambles. Right, it was all these, down, endless, en- yeah. all these endless game, all these endless hours of me playing Skate 3 in college is finally going to pay off. I'm going to hold you to it. I'm going to hold you to this, Dan. No, in reality, I'm probably going to be absolutely so garbage. Yeah, 100%. I know, you know, I like to try and play this game competitively, but, you know, at the end of the day, voice crack, by the way, Um, I try and, you know, I at the end of the day, I just want to have a good time, and I want to put out good content, and I don't want to get too upset at the game to where I just end stream, so it's it, it's, it was kind of like a, it, this year especially is kind of like a learning Definitely a learning year of uh, a bunch of different things, but one of the things I really took away from this year was that, um, especially with the game being frustrating at times, is that, you know, you just got to take it for what it is and just try and have a good time and, you know, try and win. But, you know, the game sometimes, like, you're going to lose no matter what. Like, no matter how hard you try, you're going to match up with, you know, a dude that just is a cyborg and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that um, I guess that'll take me into my next point that I kind of wanted to get into. Um, Coogs, you were a a YouTuber, um, uh, before did you did you do just strictly YouTube videos before anything else? Like, did you stream on YouTube as well, or were you just like doing straight up YouTube videos? Um, at the beginning. Um. Uh, well, I I definitely started just strictly with YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, like I streaming a, on hand- YouTube too. Like, did you do that as well? Yeah, that that started a little bit later for me because um, mm-hmm. I I started daily uploading MLB the Show at launch night of MLB 16. When mm-hmm. that game came out, that's when I started daily uploading for year round. Um, 
And, you know, I saw some, some decent sub growth in that. I felt like I was like, okay, you know, I'm growing. Mm -hmm. This is good. Cool. Um, and I didn't really start getting into diamond dynasty a lot until about midway through 16, like towards the late summer, I, I kind of started figuring out, um, how diamond dynasty was working and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. when I started figuring that out a little bit more is when I started actually streaming the game and I would just, you know, stream a few nights a week on Twitch. Um, and you know, over time mm -hmm. it got bigger and bigger. Uh, and, uh, and then MLB 17 came out. And as I said earlier, I got the game a little bit early that year. I got it maybe like three or four days early. I remember that, I remember so, that, that opening weekend. Yeah. And they, uh, and, and what was cool is that we could actually put out content before oh, really? the game came out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That's what got me on Twitch was watching. Oh, seriously. I didn't know I that. So, I was so, well, I, I made an account to watch like the dev streams. Yeah. But it was the first time I'd watched someone besides like a dev stream. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and there was, I don't know, maybe like, I would say like eight of us, 10 mm -hmm. of us that got a, an early copy to the game. And um, now, uh, or at least the past couple of years when we've gotten an early copy of the game, we haven't been able to post it before, uh, before launch, we'd have to wait until launch to post any videos. And, um, but since I had that little weekend, I was like, oh, this is great. Like, mm -hmm. I was getting a gr good amount of subs and everything. And I decided to fire up some YouTube streams because I wasn't a Twitch partner at the time. Yeah. And the YouTube streams, my the viewership was incredible. Like, I was, it was growing so much. It was great. Mm -hmm. um, and so through MLB 17, while I was daily uploading, I streamed almost every day on YouTube. Uh, and then I streamed on YouTube for the first, I would say, about half of 18. Um, mm -hmm. I've streamed, I streamed that on YouTube. And then somebody reached out to me, um, somebody who worked at Twitch, and they were like, hey, man, like your, your streams are doing great on YouTube. And I was just wondering, like, why are you streaming on YouTube and, and not a platform like Twitch? And mm -hmm. I, I kind of always had the idea that I wanted to keep my content in one place to make yeah. it easier for people to, to you know, if they're already here, maybe that they see that I'm live or if I'm <laughs> live, they can just click on my channel, click on a video, whatever. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I like this. And, you know, I feel like I have a good enough thing. And then this guy was like, okay, well, I'm just letting you know, like the, the potential for growth on Twitch in your community is significantly better. And he just kind of gave me the rundown yeah. of why I was, why um, Twitch would be a good option too. Um, and so I, I was like, all right, you know what? It couldn't hurt to try. I'm going to fire up a couple Twitch streams, see how it goes. And I mean, the Twitch streams, when I came over in 18, where they were, they were doing pretty good too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, re I remember that. I, I remember when you first started streaming on Twitch, that's kind of when I was getting right into the community actually. And I remember yeah. those were, those were some big days for sure. Yeah. And I, uh, and they were actually that guy who reached out to me, who actually just, he made me a partner. Like I, I was like, do oh, you really? have the ability to, yeah. I was like, do you have the ability to do that? And he's like, yeah, if you want to, but you wouldn't be able to stream on YouTube anymore. Yeah. And I thought about it and I was like, eh, you know, if YouTube one day or one day just kind of goes down the drain, then, you know, at least I would have Twitch. And mm -hmm. so I, I just made the decision. I was like, yeah, let's do it. And he just gave me partner. So I, <laughs> I actually, I didn't have to go through the grind that a lot of people had to go through. Yeah. So I'm definitely very lucky in that aspect, but, um, I, I think it was the right decision because I think 
you know, with as many problems as Twitch has, I still think it's the best platform for a broadcaster and mm -hmm. for a viewer. So no, hundred percent. I think uh, there's definitely, right now, definitely issues with YouTube streaming. I know there's uh, some people that are successful at it, like Courage and all those guys, but those guys but are they, just they on a whole deals. other level. They were yeah, on Twitch. exactly. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I but, think the scary thing with YouTube is that they could make a few changes like this, mm -hmm. and it's probably just the same quality as Twitch. Like yeah. any week, any month, whenever they could probably just instill a couple things. And it'll be just as good. It's probably a smarter thing to do than Twitch, just especially if you have a YouTube channel, it's all centralized in one spot. So and we'll one see thing how that, that goes. One thing about Twitch that's so so big for it is just the prime. The the prime yeah. stuff is not only for a broadcaster, because you know, you can get more subscriptions that way, but for a viewer, if you have Amazon Prime, which a lot of people do. It's just an added benefit, and mm -hmm. if you see somebody you like, you're like, oh, okay, I'll throw them a sub. It's no extra charge to me. That's right? huge. YouTube doesn't have mm -hmm. anything like that. Definitely. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit more on just the YouTube video, like making videos side of things, because I know you've been doing it for a long time, and I know you've done like a few different like really cool things, like series and stuff like uh, your revolution and like the angels in the outfield and stuff. And so I really just wanted to kind of ask kind of what your mindset is when you're making videos and like kind of what was the inspiration between these series? Like, were you, are you just like trying to mix things up all the time or like, kind of, like kind of take me through like what, what your mindset is on making videos? Like, do you have anything specific that comes to mind when you're making a video or anything like that? Uh, well, my perspective changed a lot in the past, maybe like year and a half on it, um, mm -hmm. because I used to go about it like I, I was always trying to think of new series ideas and yeah. new, new, like creative, you know, multi video type of ideas. Yeah. And, you know, I started Angel in the Outfield in 17. I started Revolution in 18 and I've done them every year since. Uh, last year, I started doing the all-time teams. Yep, you know, just like series like that. Um, but last year in in twenty, I or this, I guess this year, I wanted to go a different route because series is a great way for your content to be unique. Mm -hmm. It's it's a great way for you to stand out because you know you got this series. This guy has this series. Um, that automatically makes your content stand out from that guy. But I think the core problem of series and why this year I kind of wanted to get away from that is that, you know, if you if you clicked on my channel mm -hmm. and you clicked on Angel in the Outfield number 13, you would have no idea what's going on, which yeah. means you would have to watch the 12 videos before that or at least the first video, which is already asking that viewer to take an extra step. Yeah. And that right there could probably turn away a viewer. Now, it, there's also the other side where it's like, oh, but maybe that guy goes back and watches the all 12 videos yeah. leading up to it, and you get all those views, you get uh -huh. all that watch time. But I, this year, I went with the mindset of making videos that were more, I guess, one-offs, more mm -hmm. focusing on one one thing, one card, one player, one team build idea. And 
I actually found that way more enjoyable mm-hmm. uh, than doing series because while series are fun and the ideas are cool, you know, if you're on episode 30, sometimes it can be kind of a drag. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like, you don't want to mm-hmm. record this. Like I'd rather play with this new player that just came out, but mm-hmm. I'm obligated to my audience to post this video on it this day. And it kind of boxes you in sometimes. So uh, yeah, this year I went with the more one-off approach and uh, with the views I had, I think it was the right move. I think, I, I think it really helped my channel and kind of made it more, uh, more relevant throughout the year just because people were looking for the content and I was yeah. pumping out that every day. So, um, yeah, so- it's, it, it's, it's weird. It's a weird shift in the way I thought, but I think ultimately mm-hmm. it's a better route to go than just the full series thing. So are you saying that you didn't see like any differences between, or may- maybe you did, but like, were there any differences between like maybe the amount of views you would have on like a series video versus like, um, you know, a debut video or something like that? Or was it, was there like a particular thing that, you know, did well, um, well for you that, or was it just kind of like across the board everything was kind of consistent for me I, I felt like i was in a position where everything was kind of consistent but still even on a smaller scale mm-hmm. uh series the views per video will just naturally decline over time yeah you know episode two is gonna get less views than episode one episode three less than two four less than three so on and so forth yeah um so when you're doing that like you know daily content of you know just debuting a new card or or you know doing a, this team build whatever you don't really have to worry about that yeah one piece of content might be more exciting like 99 mike trout is going to be a more exciting video than debuting 98 alan trammell you know yeah. it's just like some videos are just going to naturally do better than others anyway but mm-hmm. um yeah i i i definitely noticed that even though the views were still great Angel in the outfield did get less views over time. All time teams got less views over time. Gotcha. It's just the way it goes when it comes to a series. I think that's really, really uh, insightful, honestly. And as someone who's trying to get in more into the YouTube side of things, it, I think having your perspective is, is really important. Um, but hey, j- just to add to the thing, mm-hmm. um, having series is not a bad thing at all. No, 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 it's no. Just, yeah. It's, it's a good way to stand out. Like, you know, you no, can 100%. tell, you can tell Shelfie's content from somebody else's because yeah. he's got the wager wheel. He's got the, mm-hmm. the, the pack squads, whatever it is. Like that's, that's unique to his channel and his brand and it stands out and his viewers know that. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with having that, but it depends on what your approach is. hundred percent. Oh, it's just like, you don't, it almost seems like you don't want to just commit to one thing. You kind of want to just put your, you you want to have a a, di- a few different things going at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you have any thought? Do you do any thought process on? I know a lot of people talk about like titles and stuff. Do you is that something that you consciously think about? Like, will people click on this title, or or is it just something that you come up like with on the day? Um, it depends. Like, if you kind of have to wait and see what the content is. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're planning that day to make your video based off the new headliner that comes out, it's kind of hard to plan a title. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, uh, this is actually, this isn't my thing. This is actually from Mr. Beast. Who's 
one of the most successful YouTubers of all time. Oh yeah. He, his whole thing is that the hierarchy is title, thumbnail, everything else. You could make the best video in the world. You could spend mm -hmm. weeks editing the same video, making it the highest produ production quality you can. Mm -hmm. But if your title or your thumbnail is weak or subpar, nobody's going to ever see that video. Mm -hmm. Like that's the number one thing for YouTube mm -hmm. videos is you have to have an intriguing title and a good thumbnail. And I feel like a lot of people lose track of that. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to, to series. Like if you're, mm -hmm. if you're doing a series that, you know, may not be the most familiar to people saying like this number 13, that that's just wasting space in your title versus yeah. you being able to fill that with something like, something intriguing yeah so, no matter what it is even if i have to come up with the title later because i had to wait for the content to drop or whatever like that is still the number one thing and it's without a doubt the biggest mistake i see people make on youtube is not mm -hmm. taking advantage of titles and thumbnails or or putting out lackluster titles and thumbnails and you know you're not going to get it right every time it's mm -hmm. going to be trial and error but you start to kind of see what titles work why those work why those stand out versus other things and you can just start to build on that and the more good titles you pump out the more people are going to see your video mm -hmm. and just going to grow mm -hmm. yeah i think a big thing with youtube as well especially with titles is that when you're transitioning from like someone who watches a lot of youtube to making your own stuff um and there's a general sense of clickbait and people don't want to clickbait people so like a lot of times they'll title something very straightforward something very simple but there's a key difference between trying to clickbait someone to something completely wrong mm -hmm. and just giving a compelling title that does a good job of summarizing the video and what it would be but also maybe a good question or a good statement that would get people to click the title mm -hmm. and a lot of people when they're getting into youtube just they make a they focus on the video editing they put out a, a somewhat clean thumbnail and they'd be like I debuted this team build. And for a lot of people, that doesn't really work out because, like, they could watch, say, Coogs and tens of other people do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to watch yours over someone else? But if you say something like, this team is better than you may expect, or this team could be one of the best all-time teams, something, anything that makes it somewhat compelling for people, mm -hmm. that is already 10 times a step up than what a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you, you made a good point when you're talking about clickbait versus intrigue. Yeah, a lot of people, a mm -hmm. lot of people get that twisted. Like, if I were to put out a video saying, uh, "I played MLB The Show with Will Smith," and I put the Fresh <laughs> Prince in the thumbnail, <laughs> but the video was about me using the catcher, you know, that that's clickbait. But yeah. If, if, if you do, you know, like this catcher is the best catcher in the game, or you won't believe what I did with this catcher, mm -hmm. you know, that's, mm -hmm. you know, that's not. There, there's a question there there's intrigue there and that can drive people to the video and some people can't understand the line that is between clickbait and intrigue some people mm -hmm. think if you're even near the line it's clickbait and it's just it's, it's wrong you always and and one more thing is like when you're mm -hmm. titling a video and stuff and and figuring out what's going to work just think about what you would click on like mm -hmm. if you see a video and it has just a very boring, bland title, you're probably not going to click on that video. But if you see yeah. something that's a little bit more ambiguous or something that's more 
you know, just kind of not your, your, you know, cookie cutter title, you're going to be a little bit more intrigued to click on that video. And that's the, the thought process you have to have mm -hmm. when you're pumping these videos out. No, it's definitely, it's a, definitely a good point. And, you know, uh, we have like scan and I will have these conversations all the time. Uh, like just kind of behind the scenes and it's just kind of cool to see that kind of re reassured by someone like you. So I really appreciate that, but we, you know, we don't got to talk about, you know, YouTube and all that for the, for the whole rest of the, uh, rest of the show. I really do want to, um, I want to, I want to get into, um, what it's like being a full-time content creator. Cause I think it's really freaking intriguing and I know you worked really hard to get to this point. So what was that what was that decision like and like what was that day like of you know maybe putting in your final two weeks at at your job and kind of like making that commitment like what do you remember like that day or you know kind of leading up to it like what what you had to do to get to that point and kind of what what's it like on a day-to-day -day basis now um well I was working at Best Buy part-time. I was going to school mm -hmm. um, when I first started making any YouTube videos. So, I mean, YouTube videos were never the, like, the priority because I always wanted to focus on, on school. Even though I hated it, I still felt like I had to focus on school and, you know, make sure I, I was getting to work every day and stuff like that. Um, but I was living at home. Uh, and at the time, I can't remember if I was paying any rent to my dad, but if I was, it was very minimal. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I just, I, I kept grinding. I kept pumping out videos and stuff. And, and eventually I started making like a little bit of money, like nothing insane, but like a little bit of money. Mm -hmm. And it ultimately got to the point where I was making more money on YouTube than I was at my part-time job at Best Buy. And, <laughs> wow. yeah. you know, for sure. I was, I, I kind of just thought about it for a while and I was like, well, if I'm making more on YouTube already and having way mm -hmm. more fun doing that, why not just leave Best Buy and take a chance with this? Because this could be insane. It could be a life-changing decision. Why not just leave Best Buy for now and double down on YouTube because then in theory, I should be able to make even more money doing that. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I showed my dad all the, 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 you know, the monthly income reports and everything. I was like, I gave him the proof that I was like, this is what I'm making versus mm -hmm. this at Best Buy. Like, I, I feel like I have a chance to do something cool. And he was, he was fine with it. He was like, yeah, I mean, you know, if you're making money, that's cool. And uh, I put in my two weeks at Best Buy and my last day with my last day there was New Year's Eve of 2017. And I went full time New Year's Day. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was I was more nervous to put my two weeks in uh, than I was to just like talk about it with my dad because uh, I felt like my manager uh, he, he kind of relied on me for a lot because, you know, <laughs> yeah. Best Buy, you know, mm -hmm. retail, you go through the seasonal stuff, you, a lot mm -hmm. of people come and go. Um, but I, I had been there for like almost five years. So I kind of knew what I was doing. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think he was kind of sad to see me go. Um, but you know, I, I think it was the right decision. You gotta do what you gotta do. What's best for yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, 
that's an awesome story. What about uh, school, though? Do you want to? Did you finish school? Is that something that you want to keep doing, or are you just kind of just moving on at this point? No, I uh, I hated school. Every, yeah. every every step of the way, mm-hmm. I hated school. Um, that's my fair. whole my whole mom's side of the family is all education based. My yeah. grandma was a college professor. My mom's a teacher. My sister's a teacher. Like they're they're all on the education side, and I strayed so far away from that. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hated everything about school. I uh-huh. felt like it was a terrible system and. Uh, I actually had the most fun I had in school in the last semester of college where I studied a little bit of uh, film and media. Mm-hmm. And I did like, you know, reality TV productions and, uh, you know, film studies and stuff like that. I thought it was pretty cool, but mm-hmm. I still hated it. Yeah. And I'm like, if I still hate this while I'm having fun, like this just isn't for me. So definitely. I. Uh, so what does I your family think? It was time to go. Like what, like on like family, like, do they ask you about it? Like during Christmas and all that, or, or like get up, uh, like meet meetups and stuff for, for your family. Like, are they all behind you or, I mean, you don't have to get into it too much, but no, yeah, they, they love it. They uh-huh. love it. Um, I mean, for a long time, I wasn't sure how my mom was going to react because <laughs> I was living with my dad for a while. And then I eventually moved in with my mom and, uh, <laughs> I was not going to school at the time, but yeah. I told her I was still taking <laughs> online classes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm just getting through it. And I was nowhere near any sort of online class. But uh, I think she kind of figured it out later on that I was just going full head of steam towards the YouTube stuff. Definitely. Um, but no, my family loves it. They they find it hilarious. My grandma has no idea what's going on with it. She's like, oh, how's your, sh- how's your show? Um, like, my show? Uh, but no, the it, Coog it, Show. Funny. Yeah, I'm like, it's it's great, Grandma. <laughs> oh man, I love that. So, uh, do you got any like? Do you have any idea where you want to take this? Like, does that ever cross your mind? Like, do you have a uh, any sort of goals lined up, or are you just kind of taking it day by day? Uh, I take it day by day. Mm-hmm. I, I know I have things i'm i'm trying to put in place to kind of set myself up so even if youtube or whatever ever stops or ever falls apart then yeah at least i have something even if it's not a full fleshed out plan at least i have something to kind of fall back on mm-hmm. for a time being um but no I, i'm just kind of enjoying the ride right now because to be i mean i never i never expected to be doing something like this so definitely I'm just kind of enjoying it i think i mean i think how old are you kings uh, I just turned 26. Okay, so we're the same age. So, like, we grew up, like, the internet was, like, becoming a thing, like, as we were growing up. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, uh, like, when I was in high school, for example, like, th- this wasn't, like, really a thing. Like, it was, it, it was kind of a thing, but it wasn't on, like, a mass... You know, and and I really think that like Twitch and YouTube, I think more it's moving more in that direction now than people actually realize. So it's kind of crazy to see like not only you grow up, you know, kind of as a normal kid, and then the internet comes along, and then all of a sudden you're making YouTube videos and you're making money, and now you're making a living off doing this, and you wouldn't ne- like growing up like that wasn't even an option, right? And all these kids nowadays, like that's all they want to do, right? So it's yeah. kind of it's kind of funny. 
honestly. Yeah. No, I want to be a YouTuber. Dude, 90, <laughs> I swear to God, my girlfriend, she's a, a second grade, a first grade teacher, like 90% of them want to be YouTubers. I swear on my life. And now a lot of them want to be TikTokers. Oh, yeah, TikTok. I want to be TikTok famous. I mean, I went through, it was probably, I guess it was probably around like middle school, early high school. I feel like when YouTube really started taking off. Because mm -hmm. I remember a time in middle school, early high school where I wanted to be a YouTuber really badly. And my mom would never buy me the capture card. So we made, we bought like some, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Some cheap one from Best Buy for like 20 bucks. Me and my friends would make Call of Duty YouTube videos on there. We I feel like I know which one you're talking about. Was that, was that the Dazzle? The Dazzle. Oh yeah. my yeah. God, I remember yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. The little like, <laughs> oh my God. Like the triangle looking things. Yeah, the HDP No way. Oh God. Call of Duty Modern Warfare action. Oh, yeah. hey, we started with Black Ops. Black Ops 1, Black Ops 2. Mm -hmm. You were making videos back then? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're still up. It's a hidden channel. But they're all no, <laughs> we got to watch them. It, it was in like eighth grade, freshman year of high school, like a two-year stretch. Right, wow. It's like right around the same for me, too. Right around then. That's wild. That's yeah, awesome. you get to share those one of these days, Ants. One yeah, of those maybe. days you get to maybe. watch them. We can, we, can, we can do that one behind the scenes, okay? Yeah, behind the scenes. Oh, man. So was, was, uh, was uh, MLB The Show the first videos you made, Cougs? Or did you, were you, like, back then, too? Did you, what, like, when, how old were you when you made your first video? You can remember? Um, well, my, my first, no, it wasn't MLB. It was, uh first like actual video video probably modern warfare 3 Ooh. i think i tried to do like a handful of uh commentaries like just just like you know normal shit you get a gameplay you talk about something for you know mm -hmm. yeah a few minutes um so um yeah those i, I don't remember what channel those were on because they weren't on my main channel or they, they weren't on the channel i have now i should yeah. say but they uh i don't know if that channel is still up or not i'd have to like dig deep but no it was uh yeah call of duty did a little bit of halo did a little bit of uh I, you know actually i did a little bit of titanfall i felt like that I game was titanfall fun dude that was a good yeah. that was actually a really good game yeah so I like no, that yeah game. mlb just kind of came about because i played the game all the time and i was like you know nobody's really doing this mm -hmm. so might as well Oh, definitely. Um, Speaking of like nobody doing it, obviously way back then the community was a lot smaller and in terms of content creation, it's growing, growing a ton. Like how was that seeing that kind of firsthand so many new creators coming along here in those, you know, 16, 17, 18 years. It's awesome because we all started like when I, we, I mean, myself, Shelfie, Mighty Goat, M. Frisk, Jivy World, like all these dudes back in MLB 16, like, you know, our, all our channels were about the same size, you know, mm -hmm. give or take X amount of subscribers. But um, it was just like, because we all had this little, this little brotherhood going. We had this little community. It was great. Uh, and then new people started to come in every year. Mm -hmm. And, you know, exponentially the, the community started to grow. And it was just really cool because you had guys like, you had guys like Fuzzy, who he did not make videos in 16, or if he did, they, he, he didn't make very many. Yeah. And then 17 came around, and he is um, 
you know, pumping out videos, doing pretty well with MLB The Show stuff. Um, and now he's arguably the biggest baseball YouTuber on the platform. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it, it was weird because uh, I forget who I, I think I had Fuzzy over. I want to say at my yeah, at my mom's house. And, he you know, he, he dropped a line on my mom like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. I, I used to be a, a fan of, of Tim's videos and now we're hanging out together. And now <laughs> I look at him. I'm like, damn, I'm a fan of you. And you got right? like 250K. It's just like, <laughs> that's wild. It's so cool to see how the community uh -huh. is, you know, built on it on each of the last years and just gotten you know more diverse just bigger overall it's it's just awesome and now that we got the the xbox side of things coming up oh like, my god it's gonna be huge it's just, i feel like it's just gonna boom and, it's yeah so like as like all you guys that started the beginning do you guys kind of push each other like do you guys are you guys still in like constant conversation i know you guys are all pretty close but like do you guys still talk fairly often and you guys push each other and stuff like that yeah i talk to fuzzy and shelfie every single day i talk to uh kevin a lot i talk to um you know just a bunch of different dudes mm -hmm. um and we just you know i consider a lot of those guys some of my closest friends definitely it's just it's crazy how you know we all kind of started doing this thing and and now you know a, a lot of the people um, are making a full-time living off of it and it's just like you know it's it's so cool because we all none of us really expected this to go anywhere we were just right. making videos for the fun of it and now all of us can you know can just kind of talk about it and relate to things even more and we can have more like i guess deep conversations because of how much we've we've all you know grown together so mm -hmm. it's just it's really really cool and like i said i consider a lot of those guys like some of my closest friends yeah, you guys have all been through it together, and like, like someone like Fuzzy you're bringing up is like he's like getting added by MLB, and like, you know, I, I, I think, like, not even just him, like you and and everyone else. I think, I think it's whether you guys admit it or not, or even think about it or not. I think it's huge for the game of baseball too, in my opinion. Um, seeing you guys, you know, MLB the show, and you look at like 2K and how big the 2K community is, and how big. And the NBA is, I feel like it could be on a similar trajectory with MLB and like, you know, Fuzzy's doing stuff with players and stuff like that. So I don't know. I think you guys honestly contribute to helping grow in the game, however big or little it is, you know? No, it's, it's the, and the thing is, is that like, it's, you know, a lot of the people who are doing baseball content are not just one dimensional, like mm -hmm. MLB, the show gamers, you guys, exactly. you know, mm -hmm. you got guys like Mark who started on MLB, the show, and then yeah. kind of evolved into more of a IRL thing. And then you got, um, you know, like, even if you go outside of the gaming thing, you got a guy like foolish who mm -hmm. just makes incredibly detailed and, and high production value videos. And all of that with the, the audience, um, that we have just makes the game continue to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously baseball has taken a step back uh, in the last decade in terms of its popularity. So it's got to, you know, somebody's got to try to bring it back. And I think content creators are going to be at the forefront of that because mm -hmm. MLB has kind of proven it doesn't really know how to market their players that Definitely well. Definitely not. Um, so if you can find people 
that are passionate about baseball that can make the game fun in one way or another, whether it's a video game or whether it's a wacky topic like foolish baseball does mm-hmm. or, or, or fuzzy doing his recaps or Mark doing his rankings. Everybody's got something to offer. And that just continues to propel the game in the right direction. In my opinion. 100%. I think about it. I think about it a lot, actually. It's, it's wild. And I think it, it's only going to go up from here. You know, it's it. it you yeah. look back at the the past few years, and it's it it's crazy, man. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Someone like John Boy too. Oh my God, I love yeah. John Boy. I hate mm-hmm. the Yankees, but I love John Boy. John Boy with his breakdowns. Yep. Yeah. And so and many just great all the guys out there. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I I met John Boy. In November, of you met John Boy. Yeah, we had a we had an Easton event. Um, oh yeah, yeah, where, yeah, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing was, that. Yeah, it was like myself, Shelfie, Fuzzy, John Boy. So it was Jimmy and Jake. Uh, you had uh, starting nine, so you had Carabas mm-hmm. and Dallas Braden. Uh, you had Chris Rose was there. Oh my god! Um, and then a bunch of other baseball YouTubers like Stephen Kinez and. And baseball, bro. All these guys. It was it was awesome. It was a super cool experience. But John Boy is just the nicest guy. Like I, mm-hmm. you know, he seems like it. Yeah, I was a little starstruck when I saw him. I'm like, yo, that's that's the guy that exposed the Astros. <laughs> and um, and so it, it was. He was super cool dude though. He came up to me. He was like, what's up, man? I'm Jimmy. Nice to meet you. Talked for a couple minutes. Just really cool guy. No, that's the vibe I get from him too. Super cool dude. Yeah. But yeah, how was that like? Like, did you get like what? What were those conversations like with all those guys? Like, what did did ha, like? How was that experience? That sounds like an experience of a lifetime, honestly. It was super cool. I mean, kind of similar to the the times we spent at San Diego Studio with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just cool to be around a group of people that are all like minded in the same way, and you know, trying to pump out content or trying to move the game in the right direction. Like it's just it's just really cool just to hang out with people like that. And did anyone give you any that. piece of advice or anything like that? Or was it just like shooting the shit? Uh it was a lot of just shooting the shit. Obviously mm-hmm. we talked about content and stuff, but I mean John Boy's content content is vastly different than mine and Carabas yeah. is vastly different than Shelfie. So at that point it's just more of like talking and, and mm-hmm. kind of picking your brain about like, you know, what you're trying to do and and how things are going and and things you have planned. And, you know, there's a lot of brainstorming and we actually had a, Oh, what was it? Uh, We had like a panel where all of us were sitting in a room and there was like a LA times reporter asking us questions about how we're trying to bring the game forward. And I don't know if I ever read the article, but it was super cool because, you know, you just have people from all different sides of the game, uh, you know, voicing their opinion and, and talking about ways the game could be improved. And, and you're thinking like, damn, I never even thought of that. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a cool session to be a part of. Definitely. Yeah. That I can't even, I can't even imagine like all those personalities. I mean, the, yeah, it was probably, it was probably like the loudest, you know, the loudest freaking <laughs> room I've ever I could have ever probably heard, but 
If Dallas Braden's in there, it's the loudest room you've ever been. <laughs> yeah, what's that guy like? He seems he seems like quite the character too, man. He's the he's such a nice guy, and it's funny because I actually had met him before because he he doesn't live too far away from me, and he played uh he played in a softball league that I was in, so I actually played against him a handful of times, and I was like, you threw a perfect game or, or no hitter or something, and I'm just sitting here catching a, a fly ball in left field that you hit. I'm like, what are you? How is this happening right now? But no, he's just like the nicest guy. He just wants to have fun and he loves the game. Very passionate. 100%. Um, you guys got anything else? I think we touched upon anything I want to talk about. Yeah, least. same here. I mean, I think this was probably one of my favorite conversations that we've had, man. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, agree. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we're going to, I think it's a good place to end, man. Um, really appreciate you coming out cougs and all your inside and everything and uh we're really thankful for your time uh i i know you got a lot going on in your life so to give us an hour and a half it means a lot dude and uh if you guys aren't following him already i i mean i'm sure you guys all are but cougs 46 catch him on youtube twitch um i do you do tiktok as well cougs are you one of those guys yet <laughs> i have i have one i uh, <laughs> can't say i'm very consistent with it got it um but yeah man uh just we appreciate it man and uh really looking forward to everything for next year for you man and uh it's only up from here dude so awesome i appreciate, appreciate you guys having me on i hope you guys have a good rest of your uh rest of your night rest of your evening and we'll hopefully get through this month as quick as possible yes sir <laughs> yes sir hopefully. we'll see you on the other hopefully. side <laughs> all right boys yeah. all right peace out take it easy later later everyone